Dillon, up ahead, Winston. No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to the plus. Hello, everybody, and you are listening to a new episode of Spartan Crazies where I'm about to go on a massive rant about the football team. What about Uh, the football team, Ryan? So, Michigan State finds a new way to piss me off. A brand new way I haven't seen happen. That is just incredible that this was actually able to happen. So, Michigan State goes to halftime with a 17-point lead. I may may or may not have left the game at halftime because I may or may not have had a few two drinks and it was really cold outside. I figured, you know, game's probably over. You know, we're probably going to win. So, I left. Um, MSU somehow winds up giving up. They, they, they double up Indiana in yards in this game, in total yards. They give up 182 special teams yards. Yes, you heard that right. 182. I'm not kidding. They gave up an 88-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. Uh, kind of just got beat up on return game. Uh, oh, yeah. Michigan State has a chance to win this game at the end of regulation. 22-yard field goal. I know people are... I've seen stupid takes of people blaming Elijah Collins for not setting the ball up in the middle of the field. This was a 22-yard kick. Elijah Collins had two touchdowns this game. He ran for over 100 yards. Shut the hell up about Elijah Collins not getting in the middle of the field. Don't want to hear it. Don't want to hear it at all. Stupidest take ever. Ben Patton misses a 22-yard field goal. Could have ended the game. Missed it. There's no excuse for a college kicker at a Big Ten school to miss a 22. He missed a 23-yard field goal against Illinois. Could have have just completely iced the game. Missed that. 22-yard field goal to win the game against uh, Indiana at home. Completely misses it. How the hell do you not have somebody on campus who can kick consistently a 22-yard field goal. I'm asking anybody, anybody on campus that's student at Michigan State, you're telling me you can't find anybody that can kick a goddamn 22-yard field goal? Are you kidding me? You can't find that? there, There is a complete common denominator here on special teams. They have sucked. For three straight years. Three years. Guess who's ran the special teams unit all three years? Ross Ells. This guy, I, I wanted him fired after the COVID season with how bad the special teams was. He sucks. Can, can somebody give me one thing? A positive thing that this guy brings to this coaching staff? Because I can't think of a damn thing. Because he runs the linebackers too. Guess what? The linebackers ain't good. They aren't good. Uh... Haven't really heard recruits talk about this guy. So tell me, what exactly does this guy do? Uh, can somebody tell me what this guy does besides throw out a shitty special teams unit every goddamn game? Because I can't find anything. I mean, this guy is... I, I said this on Twitter. I, I went on a rant about this guy. I posted a video on Twitter after the game asking, I was like, what does this guy do exactly besides just throw out shitty special teams units every single game? I mean, it's it's amazing. The the, the only thing that's been good, the only two good things they've had on special teams for three years are Bryce Berenger, who's just a flat-out stud punter, and Jaden Reed, who's a stud return man. I mean, you can't screw that up. You you just can't. If, If you got two guys that are that good, you can't screw that up. But how in the world... Do you give up 182 special teams yards? I don't understand how the special teams can be this shitty. 
Like it is just amazing. And, and at the bare minimum, Mel has to fire this guy. He needs to go at the end of the year. There's no way this guy should be on the staff next year. Like I said, wanted him gone after the COVID season. He was my least favorite hire out of everybody they hired on this new staff. I, I truly believe this, and I said this the other day. He is the worst Michigan State coach on either of the last two staffs. I am not kidding. I hate Jim Bowman with all my heart. I despise him. He is one of the he's gotta be the worst offensive line coach I've ever seen. Ross Ells is a shittier coach than Jim Bowman was. I never thought I'd be able to say that I have seen a guy on Michigan State's coaching staff that's worse than Jim Bowman. Guess what, Ross Ells? You outdid yourself, buddy. Congratulations. You took Jim Bowman's spot. <laughs> I mean, this this guy brings nothing to this staff. It's amazing that and if I'm telling you, man, if Mel, I don't think he will. He's given me no reason to believe this. But if Mel decides it's a good idea to run it back with this staff, man, woof, we got some talking to do about Mel Tucker because there is no excuse for Ross Ells to be back on this staff next year. He should, I, and I, I get why they didn't fire him after the game because you got another game yet left. What's the point? You know. I've seen people saying, oh, they should have fired him right after the game. What the hell is the point? I mean, but yeah, I I, I cannot believe like how bad. I, I, I've seen some pretty bad special teams before on different teams, but good, this has got to take the cake, man. I, I, I just, uh, they, they gave up, oh, by the way, gave up only 31 passing yards all game. Somehow found it away. <laughs> To lose this game. Like, you know what they're running. You know that they're going to run the football. And you can't stop them? Like, this is Indiana. We're not playing Ohio State here. We're not play- We're not even playing, like, a Penn State. Playing Indiana. Indiana doesn't have, shouldn't have bodies on their offensive line. They're just pushing everybody around. Like, there's just no excuse for this crap. I, and I... I've said it before. I I still support Mel Tucker. I think that he can turn it around. But, man, he's got to make some decisions this offseason. These guys, some of them, especially one of them, cannot be back next year. I mean, I would argue that there's four or five guys that I would have no problem with him firing. And uh, the fact that it's that this guy... I, 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 this is the one guy where I would have been after the COVID season. I was like, I, I would be cool with him being fired. Like he, he sucks and he's still here. Still has a job. Time to pack your bags, Ross, get out. You don't do anything. It's uh, apparent that nothing has improved since you've gotten here that you run. Please go away. Um, but yeah, uh, I saw people, <laughs> I gotta address this too. Uh, Michigan State, there's a chance if they go 5-7, and seven, they will get a bull bid because of APR scores, and they might not have enough 6-6 six and six teams to fill the bull bid. So they go by a, uh, academic progress report rating, and Michigan State could possibly get a bull game at 5-7. and seven if they just, I would assume, I think we all know they're probably going to take an L on Saturday. So uh, they could, I've seen some people say, they shouldn't accept the bull bid. Are you serious? Are you Serious. Think about what you're saying. So because the season hasn't gone, the uh, nobody is happy with this season. Like, don't get me wrong. Not a single person is happy with this year. <coughs> you're saying you want to take away practices from young guys on this roster who need them a lot and game reps that they could get. Do you know how stupid that sounds? Uh, it's like, well, this season has sucked, so let's, you know, they can give us extra practices, uh, you know, you know, we shouldn't take it because the season we haven't had the season we thought we would have. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. I, 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 I've heard people say stupid stuff, but that has got to be one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. But uh, you're telling me you don't want Kaden Hauser to get extra reps in practice or even possibly play in a football game? I mean, people were like, "Well, who improved from last year?" Uh, Keon Coleman who's probably got a good chance to become a first-round pick. 
after next season. I would say he got a little bit better this year, but, you know, what do I know? Uh, it's just – I get it. I'm mad about this year. But, dude, people, use your brains. It's not hard. Use your brains. I, I mean, it's just – oh, my God. I This this year has worn me out. I, 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 I am kind of excited that it's coming to an end because this has just driven me – up the wall. Uh, this last game was just the nail in the coffin for me for how this season has went. I mean, you got, you got you've seen your day. I get it. There's not many people there. It was cold as shit. The team's not good. Yeah, people aren't going to be at the game. Like, I get it. Like, but dude, you had a 17 point lead. You find a way to blow it. I mean, it's just is that because of. Do you think that Ben Patton missed because the fans weren't there? No, I. I if he, anything, he, that helps. That, I was gonna say that helps, but uh, no, I'm, I'm saying like it, some people say. Well, if you got a 50 percent house, it's almost like being a, a, having a road game because like, you just feel like the fans aren't there supporting you. But like, it's IU, dude. They lost seven straight games. You're at home. It's senior day. I mean, you just cannot blow a game like that. That that is just. It's completely unacceptable. Like, I, I can't – some of that falls on Mel Tucker, of course. He's the head coach. I mean, but he's got some guys on the staff, man, especially Ross Ells, dude. Ross Ells shouldn't be coaching special teams on a Pop Warner team, for Christ's sakes. I mean, it is just – he is so bad at his job. It's, it's – like, this guy I, – I, I'm not somebody that likes to criticize coaching salaries because I think it's dumb. This guy makes six hundred grand a year to run these shitty special teams. I mean, come on now, come on. What are we doing here? Do you have any idea how that relates to special teams coaches across the country? Let's say like elite programs. Like, what are those special? Probably teams about for? the same. They probably pay them about the same. I mean, it's just it's insanity that uh, these guys, you know, just he. This guy's making six hundred k, and he's uh, he's like, oh, we're gonna run these special teams out here and. I, I, of course, he's not deciding it, but, like, this guy runs the special teams. They've sucked for three straight years. Still has a job. I mean, the dude has got to go. He's got to be fired. I, I, I mean, hell, even if there's a bowl game, they make a bowl, I'd, I'd argue that they fire him before the bowl game just to get him out. I mean, it's ridiculous that he's able to put this out there every week. I, I understand Mel's not going to throw coaches under the bus. He said it before. But you got – there is no way this guy is telling – that Mel's not telling this guy during the week, dude, you got to get your shit together on these special teams. Like, they've been a problem for three straight years. Get it together. Like, there's no way he's not telling him during the week. Of course, he's not going to throw guys under the bus to the press. I mean, I've seen coaches do that before. I, I mean, there's a guy down the road that likes to do that all the time. So, uh, Well, that's because he's perfect. He's a, he's, yeah, he's never has done anything wrong. He's never taken any accountability for anything in his life. So – but, uh, yeah, it, that was just a flat-out embarrassment. Uh, the offensive line, you know, looked pretty good. I'll give them that. They, they looked better and better as the years went on. They, they made, they made, they made uh, holes for the run game. I mean, they had, I think, over 200 yards rushing yards. Um, it's just I, – I hope Elijah Collins comes back next year. And I wouldn't blame him if he leaves, but uh, – He's been really good the second half of the season. I think it'd be nice to have him back, have some, you know, upperclassman leadership. And he's, I mean, he's, I, I, I got to give nothing but credit to that guy because, you know, he could have, he lost his job after his freshman year and during the COVID season. Barely played, barely played last year because of Kenneth Walker. He decided, he could have transferred after this year, decided to stick around. And uh, he's made the most of his opportunity and, uh, in the transfer portal day and age, uh, he's a guy who would have been a prime candidate to transfer, and he decided to stick it out. So props to him for, uh, you know, doing what he did. Uh, I hope he decides to come back because he's got another year left, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, but, yeah, Ross Ells, need you to pack your bags, buddy. Time to go away. All right, that's all I've got to say. And, uh, yeah, I'm pretty pissed off. So, Tim, go ahead and talk about basketball. There's actual good things to talk about. All right. Um, well, Ryan wallows in his self-loathing. Um, 
we're going to take a little bit of a uh, different turn here, and we're going to feel good about being Michigan State fans, which, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> it was really close to, on Friday, making this a horrific weekend. Um, you know, the sickening... <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if that happened Friday and Saturday? That would have been... Uh, I dropped a decent amount of money for t- basketball tickets on uh, Friday. I would have been so pissed if they would have blown that game. I would have been extremely angry. We're going to get to Ryan's take on Villanova because he was there. And I you know, I think that the energy in the building was was different. I wasn't there personally, but I, you know, accounts on uh, social media and just my experience on watching the game. Um, but we really need to talk about Kentucky first because we haven't since uh, since that game happened. And this was this was big. I mean, there's no getting around it. In my opinion, yes, um, it's a non-conference game. You lose this, nothing changes. You could still win the national championship. True. However, it's definitely going to help when it comes time for seeding. There's no question. Um, I think Kentucky's a legit good team. They might not have it quite figured out at this exact moment, but um, there's no question that, like, come March, like nobody is going to want to play Kentucky. I certainly wouldn't want to. That rematch would be wild. I've seen uh, (laughs) some crazy quotes from some of their players about uh, their prep for, like, uh, late-game situations. I don't know if you saw those. <laughs> well, I saw one that basically Cal said that um, uh, Lance, Lance, Ware said, Lance Ware said, uh, Coach, I don't know what we – we haven't practiced late game situations. And Cal basically said, yeah, that's we, – we haven't been together as a team and had time to practice. He, he basically did take responsibility though. Like that's on me. Um, you know, probably everyone and their mother has said that Izzo coach circles around – Calipari. I think it's not far from the truth. Um, that being said, MSU as a team has been, you know, like the nucleus of the team has been together a little more, I would say, and that certainly is not going to hurt. Um, there's a lot to talk about with this Kentucky game. Um, so let's just let's just dive into it. Ryan and I, we watched Gonzaga together. We thought that Joey Hauser was very bad. Um, because he was. He was very bad in Gonzaga. Um, Joey Hauser was... I mean, they don't beat Kentucky without him. He, he only had one turnover, which I think is an important stat. If he doesn't dribble the basketball, yeah, he's fine. I mean, it's, it's really that simple. I... Uh, because then he's not turning the ball over. Right. And um, then he has one steal. So it's kind of like that came out even. And then, well, news flash, Joey can't shoot. And um, when, it's, when it starts raining, it's pouring. Because, you know, he does have a nice stroke. He's listed at 6'9". So that means he can get a shot off over a lot of people matching up with him. And... Um, one thing I will say about Joey in the Kentucky and Nova game, but we'll get to Nova. One thing I really like, and this is a personal thing. It's not like something that means you're good or bad. When he's hitting shots, he's not pleased. He's not satisfied at all. And I think that's when you really know that Joey's in his bag, <laughs> to you know, so to speak. His, every shot he hit has hit in the last two games have been absolutely wet like they are perfect shots everything about the shot rotation um sort of the sequence of you know how he's moving the whole operation it's clean it's confident and that's the joey that msu (laughs) seemed to have been promised by media um the one that we all hoped we would see um and when he's not just a turnstile on defense and i'll say this him against Timmy, it's not really his fault. You know, that's not a good matchup for Joey. But um, when he's out there, he's hitting shots. He is a matchup nightmare. They can get shots in a pick and pop. Um, he could just get one off on his own, depending on the matchup. Um, when he's confident and he's hitting, you know, I've been watching him lately, and uh, he 
you know, I really like a guy who's on fire and they show no emotion because they're going to stay on fire. You know what I mean? Dudes who get like a big play and go crazy. They're, I mean, how many times have you seen that? And like something goes awry the next play. You know what I mean? Like heat check, don't hit the clanks off the back. You know, Joey's just really just trying to play some basketball right now. And he's been a humongous asset to MSU. Like I said, does not win the game. Uh, they do not win without Joey Hauser. Um, also, I think there was a play in the second half where he, I can't recall quite clearly, he sort of took it to the basket, missed, got the offensive board, missed that, got another offensive board, made that. Um, yeah, if we're getting that from Joey... You know, because he's a threat from outside. It's it's a guy who you start to say, like, he's not just a starter. He's he's one of the more important players on the team. Now, Ryan's probably sitting here thinking, like, are you serious? <laughs> no. Um, I'm just joking because him and I have had our feels for Joey over three years now. Yep. I mean, there's been a lot of basketball for Joey Hauser. You could maybe even argue he's had more bad games than good ones. I mean, I'm just being... Totally objective here. Um, listen, Joe, <laughs> when he's hitting shots like that, he's putting up 23 points. He's got eight boards. I mean, what do you think? I, I, he's, I mean, if he's playing like those in the last two games, can he make an all-Big Ten team? I mean, it's, that's not out of the realm of reality. I don't think he's going to keep this up at this clip, obviously. It's not sustainable, but... Um, I, I think that as long as he's not turning the ball over and he's, you know, hitting shots, uh, this team is extremely, extremely dangerous. Just uh, to point out, Joey Hauser, over the last two, this is including Villanova, um, three and four, four and seven. So a seven and a... Seven out of 11 three-point attempts. That's not going to keep up at that clip, but still. No, that's, that's, you know, and... He uh, he is getting good shots off, uncontested, or with lots of space. And that is part of the matchup issue for teams. And that's why Joey can be in a problem. It's the confidence thing. I think a really big play in Villanova, and I'm just going to mention this because we're talking about Joey. He drove to the basket. He already knew what he was going to do here, which is important. It means he's confident. He He's really playing with confidence. He did a little, like, jab to the basket, turn around, Perfect, like, just little uh, floater. Um, he knew he was going to do that move. It was flawless. And, you know, instead of a Joey Hauser turnover, which is so common when he dribbles the ball, now we're getting inside-out threats. Um, you know, Joey can get a, a rebound. You know, he's been one of the leading guys in that stat. You know, maybe he's not had the most fierce competition. But... Um, you know, he's out there kind of doing it all, and any night you're getting 20 points from Joey, like, MSU is probably going to either win that game or be very close to winning that game. Um, <clears throat> and so I just, want, I just wanted to give Joey his flowers because um, he's been sensational, in my opinion, in the last two, and I know there's going to be a night where Joey, you know, can't hit a thing, and we're... Well, maybe that's going to be a thing for Izzo where when Joey's not hitting and his, all his confidence drains, maybe you just pull him that one. We'll see. I, I'm, I'm very um, – I'm going to keep my eye on Joey. I'm just going to be watching him closer because, I mean, this is a senior. This is a guy that's got a lot to prove, and he's been quite the asset in these, uh, these big games they just played. Um, Tyson Walker, this dude's been hooping. <laughs> yeah. Like Tyson Walker's just going crazy right now. And I think it's a confidence of the team. I think that's what you get when you win against Kentucky in the Champions Classic. Um, you know, this is why he came here. He came here to show out. He's probably got friends from back home texting him like, I'm watching you on ESPN. This is, this is a cool experience. <clears throat> and he's definitely embraced it. And... I mean, if last year's stats and his whole career stats, even at Northeastern, show you, he can shoot the ball. I mean, his rotation and 
His shooting has been sensational too. That's two. I mean, technically, both seniors in quotes um, starting on your basketball team, and um, you know he's no slouch on defense either. Um, Malik has just been very solid. I I don't want to spend too much time talking about him. I mean, he's had some awesome plays. He's a guy they need. Period. Need Malik Hall, another senior. Need that need him, and I think he needs to be a big part of the team, and um, I think he will be. He had twenty points against Kentucky, very quiet. We're talking about Joey Hauser for ten minutes. <laughs> Malik Hall had twenty. Does that even? No, I didn't. You didn't know that, did you? No. I didn't either. Nope. I somehow I I probably heard that at some point, but very quiet twenty points. That is because he's he's a senior. He's also not getting excited every time he makes a play. I think they're all unsatisfied. And that's what you want, a hungry team. Um, A.J. Hogard, not a good game. They did not have a good game. Um, but we're going to talk about him because I think he you know, improved in Villanova. And this is this team. They're going to have guys who have a slump, and the other players are going to step up. They're very um, balanced. Mati Sissoko, we're all wondering, can he follow up Gonzaga? I mean, was that... Just a weird game on a boat. I would argue this was better than his game against Gonzaga. He was incredible. Um, not only on defense, he was grabbing, he was grabbing some boards. Um, we have to talk about uh, when he got the steal and dribbled up the court. Oh my he, God! Euro, he oh, euro step. Finish that! Oh my God! What on earth? <laughs> He looked like Giannis on that play. It was crazy. But for real, that's, that shows you what confidence does for a player. Right. We have no idea that he could do this. So, yeah, anyway, the, the Mahdi revelation this season has just been – it's been everything for this team. Now, he did come back down to earth against Villanova, but um, he's showing so much more confidence – um, he's showing some really good athleticism, and defensively he's been fine. Um, Mahdi was huge in this game, and this has just been really fun to watch. Izzo got – he got a little teary-eyed, um, and when he was talking about putting uh, – you know, investing in these guys, not you know going out and recruiting over their heads, putting in the work, the process. He loves to say that, and um, he – you know, he couldn't be happier for Sissoko, and um, I can't be happier that that this is happening. I mean, Mati Sissoko could easily look not ready, and um, do I think there's going to be some ups and downs? Yeah, but he's really shown a lot more than we ever thought he could. Um, so, yeah, it, it, um, extremely exciting. Uh, the team looked fantastic. There's a lot of potential with Sissoko. Um, and I just can't wait to see where they go from here. Now, that being said, it is November, and there's a lot of basketball to play. But on Friday, Michigan State welcomed um, Villanova to Breslin. Um, this was for the Gavit Games. Big Ten ended up winning that, I think, 6-2 to two or something like that. Kind of just handled the Big East. Um, this one was pretty comfortable. MSU was hitting tons of shots, shooting... They shot 52% from three, um, which is pretty good, obviously. Um, over 50% from their two-point field goals, that means that they were efficient. And Joey Hauser looked incredibly comfortable. Tyson Walker, I mean, he's the MVP on, on Ken Palm because he had 22 points, but I think he was the MVP in general. Yeah, it seemed like he was having an out-of-body experience with the way that he was hitting shots later on in that game. He just couldn't miss. He was, he was having crazy. A, he was having a ton of fun too. Just a big smile on his face. The um the move he did where he kind of faked uh going for the shot and crossed over the defender and they called it oh, a double dribble. <laughs> it wasn't a double dribble, but you saw that play in the NBA recently where um guys are sort of putting their hand under the ball, so that's kind They'll of a call palm. It's kind of a carry, but um it was just uh, just an incredible game from him. He was doing everything. And the confidence, the way that he's sort of got some swagger about him, how he's playing right now, 
I mean, this is what you want to see if you're a, you know, an MSU fan. Joey Hauser does a little move where, you know, he makes the guy bite and easy um, two points. He's hitting shots everywhere. Joey Hauser looks fantastic. AJ Hogard nearly has a triple double. Okay, um, that's nothing to scoff at. Now he did have three turnovers, and there was a couple of moments in in that comeback late where AJ really messed up, but. 13, 8, and, t- uh, and 10, 8 being the rebounds, reminds you a lot of a guy who used to get triple-doubles here who he did play a guard spot, and he was a great rebounder. And, you know, there's been more than plenty of comparisons made between the two. I'm just not going to say his name and hope you all know who I'm talking about. Um, so, yeah, I mean, first half, MSU just picked up right where they left off. I think they definitely – Got comfortable because it was like eight minutes left, and they were up by like sixteen or something. They got up to yeah, sixteen point lead, eight 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 oh nine left, largest lead of the game. So, yeah, I mean they really, they really let their foot off the gas. Give credit to Villanova; they fought till the end. They were hitting shots in the most crucial moments, and there was a moment there at the end where, um, you know, they could have won the game. I mean, we look at this as Michigan State was a little better. Um, they ended up winning. I think that was the rightful result. But this could have easily been just a horrific scenario where MSU loses a game that they should never have lost. And I'm saying that because it was just a matter of millimeters between this shot going down and not and a win or a loss. And you really just want to see MSU start to see these games out. Gonzaga, Villanova, see the game out, win the game. Um, you were at the game, Ryan. Tell me, what was the feeling in the in the place? Where is it? Just like everyone was just sick. I would, I, yeah. It, people were losing their minds. Uh, I mean, obviously, the atmosphere for uh, the whole game was uh, leading up to that was great. Uh, Izzo said it reminded him of the old days. I think it was uh, the loudest non-Michigan game since uh, Cassius Winston senior year for sure. Um. You know, so it, it was an impressive atmosphere. But, yeah, people were on pins and needles for the last, you know, couple minutes. Because, ah, dude, I, I, I would have been really mad if they would have blown that game. I, <laughs> I, had, I had some nice seats, and uh, it, was, it was awesome. It was cool. It was fun to go to that game. Uh, but, yeah, uh, really, I mean, I'm just happy that they were able to pull it out. I mean, I, I get it wasn't – Kind of left a sour taste in everybody's mouth, but the win against a team that's probably going to wind up being a top 25 team at the end of the year, I mean, even if it's at home, definitely it's going to wind up being a quad one win more than likely. Uh, yeah. So big, 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 big to be able to pull that game out, regardless of almost choking it away. Yeah, you, you really just needed to win and, you know, learn from whatever was there. Uh, um, I would say a huge part of the night was Jaden Akins' steal and coast-to-coast dunk on, um, I think it was Slater's head. Uh, sounds about right. And, you know, you were there. Place went crazy. Oh, it, went, it was nuts. It, it, was, it, was, it wasn't quite the Cassius Winston, you know, three bomb when uh, Juwan Howard ran onto the floor a, a few years ago and they had to stop the game. But uh, I mean, it was it was damn loud. Uh, super super impressive atmosphere for sure, no doubt about it. Well, that's what you want. I think that the Kentucky game brings that kind of hype. Um, I think you you could feel some of the juice. You could feel the excitement. I mean, this is classic. We're looking forward to next season because of the recruiting class coming in, and rightfully so. This is classic of Vizio to just, and I don't want to get carried away, but. This team is has some of the you know blueprints of a team that could make a run in the NCAA tournament, and it would just be classic him to you know hang a banner or more um, with a team like this that had little expectations. Now I want to say since the game, MSU has come in in the AP poll at twelve. Twelve. 12 so there were fifteen in the coaches, I believe. And so there's no more. There's no more disrespect card. Like, now they're getting the respect. They're going to go and play Alabama next. Um, and I miss you actually went up. 
to 19. Uh, no, that was that. That was when the oh, game that was happened. When they played. Yeah, okay. um, they went down a spot. Actually. So, <laughs> Alabama, thirteenth in Ken Palm. Currently, Michigan State, twenty-two. Um, that's MSU's first opponent in the PK eighty-five. So we're going to talk about Alabama a little bit, and then we'll get into you know the whole competition. But um, as far as Gonzaga, Kentucky, Villanova, I mean, you get out of that stretch two and one. I mean. You take that for we, sure. We no doubt about it. You take that. You take you take two and one. If you, if you told me before the season they're going two and one in that stretch, I'm of course I'm going to take it. I mean, I I I thought oh, I would have thought I would have thought zero and three was more likely than two and one before the season. You offered me that, I'd rip your arm off. Like yeah. that is you absolutely take that. And then you also think, what if one point loss to Gonzaga? That would have been one hell of a resume win, even though it was November. Um, and when it comes to seeding, I mean, this stuff can matter. Um, so, yeah, that's great stretch. I think we need to say Villanova was not full um, strength. They had some guys missing, a very talented freshman. Um, and this is a new era, new coach. You could see some of the blueprints of the Jay Wright, you know, basketball system. Um, but in reality, they really, really sold out on defending Mati Sissoko in the pick and roll, and they collapsed inside a ton. And um, guess what? They were basically giving MSU the option of shooting threes versus beating them inside. And, uh, well, that happened to be a bad night for them to do that because, you know, MSU was just completely on fire. Everybody was hitting shots. Hogard goes three for six. So we're excited to see the shooting development there. Um, it reminds you of back when Tum Tum would, I mean, they would basically just sag off of him entirely and leave him wide open. And the truth was, is it wasn't efficient enough for him to really hurt teams. If Hogard can get above the mark where that actually hurts teams, um, right now I think he's shooting like 30%, but that's, that's counting, um, the boat game. And also he hit a few in the exhibition that aren't going to be in the stat sheet yet. So I think the numbers might be slightly misleading. Uh, what is it? Four games into the season? Three? Yep. Four? Um, so, huge week, I think. You can't go understated how big and how important it was to get that Champions Classic win. Um, and then to go and take care of business against Villanova. Because you had to win. Um, I, I don't think it matters how well Villanova's looked and who they're missing, who they aren't missing. It's your home court. You know, you got to take care of home court. And they did. They technically did um, take care of business. So, and, now th- uh, I wanted to mention uh, Kentucky, and we talked about this before. Uh, that's just, that's a big, that's not a huge stage. Uh, you had Xavier Booker there, who already signed. Uh, and then Jalen Harrelson, who's a five star from Indiana, uh, 2025 class, was there because you would have visitors at that game so uh do that in front of him uh that's big i mean he's been on campus a few times so obviously that's a ways off but somebody to keep an eye out on yeah i mean recruiting it's huge um in terms of how msu matches up against these other champions classic teams it's huge um this is a kentucky team that a lot of people were donning as the you know this could be the one to win to actually do it, win it all for Cal, is get number two for him. Still number four on Ken Palm. Gonzaga number three. That's crazy. They just got destroyed in two um, games, too. That's nuts. Oh, Kentucky. Oh, oh, sorry. I've got Gonzaga and Kentucky missed up. Gonzaga went and took an L at Texas. I would like to think that – and Gonzaga was technically – in Spokane, just they didn't play on their home court because Cal Perry is an absolute wanna, clown. He didn't want to play there because it would have been tougher. It didn't matter. Anyways. That's pretty much they it. Still, yeah. They still got their ass kicked. Yeah, all that clownery for that. Good job, Cal. Um, so let's talk Alabama. That will be their 10.30 p.m. opponent on Thanksgiving uh, Day. Um, yay, late games. In the Eastern time zone, I guess. Ever. If you're listening not in the Eastern time zone, then, you know. Check Can't wait for all the 9 o'clock tips we have this year because they are <laughs> everywhere. Woo! Yeah, not ideal, especially for Ryan. Um, he gets up much earlier than I do. But so, 
Alabama, it's different. They're not, you know, this steady team. They are a kind of, I like to call it, like, sort of a gimmicky system. And now that's kind of disrespecting what they're doing, um, where it's not totally a gimmick, but you don't see basketball teams like this all over the place. Um, of course, they're, they're playing defense, but it's really on the offensive end where Alabama is unique. Now, I, I think a lot of listeners probably are familiar, but to really just simply summarize, Alabama, they strongly um, – they really want their players to either take threes – or high percentage twos like dunks layups. It's basically an NBA system. Yeah, and you look at shot charts in the NBA, and there the mid range two has kind of been taken right. out because you take a step back. Now you get one hundred and fifty percent. In reality, of that. it is the least efficient shot in basketball. I mean, um, so yeah, uh, I actually know this from just um, anecdotal hearing interviews. Uh, in their practices, Alabama makes their three-pointers worth three and their two-pointers worth one. So when they're scrimmaging, it is really sort of conducive to them winning that little scrimmage or um, training session to take threes. It's really encouraged. Um, and you see that bared out in the numbers. In the last two games against Jacksonville State, Alabama took um, – 46 three-point shots, uh, attempts. And that's converse to their 20 two-point field goal attempts. So two-thirds in this game going to threes. You've never seen anything like it. It's wild. Against the opponent before that, South Alabama, which was kind of a close game, but it was a road game, and we have no idea. We still idea. don't know why they went there. We, we don't know why they went there. I guess we could quick Google search, but let's just act like it's a mystery. Um, closer than they would have liked, and that's the sort of volatility of this system. If the shots aren't falling, and that's two-thirds of your shots, you might have an issue. Now, in this one, I'll say, I think Alabama was probably struggling from deep because it was more 50-50 threes versus two-point field goals. Um, but still, they hoisted 35 three-point attempts. And to be honest... We've seen a team or two like this in the past come to Breslin, like in a bye game. It's like their only shot is to hit a bunch of threes, and it's a little uncomfortable. The nights that Alabama are just on, they probably win the game. I mean, they're shooting more threes than you. If they hit, you know, half of them, they've just like, that's, you know, 60-something points easy. Um, it's It's a weird system. I would say it's way too inconsistent for my liking in terms of if I was a fan. I, I say that because against their opening opponent, they score 75 points. Um, that's Longwood. Liberty, who's top 100 um, in Ken Palm, and they did destroy them, um, they put up 95. So 20-point difference there. South Alabama, 65. So we've now we're 30 points different. Jacksonville State, 104. You see what's happening here. It's, oh, we're on fire. We can't hit as much tonight. Alabama, to me, is a more athletic Iowa. Literally <laughs> the one thing I can think of. And they probably play better defense. Um, they have been a decent defensive team in, in years under Nate Oates. So you can point to the analytics and say, hey, he's not, you know, that's not their forte. It's not what they're known for, you know. But um, it's not like... They just go and run out there and hit some threes, and they, they win that way. They're all athletic. It is Alabama. Let's, let's also remember that this is the University of Alabama. Or is it? It's University of, right? Um, sports are king there. Now, there's one sport that's much bigger, but um, they are going to have some of the pick of the litter in the South for these basketball players. And Nate Oates has been somewhat accomplished, especially at Alabama. He's had some runs that were pretty decent. I think he made an Elite Eight. Does that sound right? Yeah, he got a ton of ties in the state of Michigan, too. Yeah, he was a coach at Romulus for some time. Um, Izzo is very familiar with him. I think he worked camps with him. Um, Izzo mentioned in an interview he knows the, you know, the system. And I think one – I'll do a half – Cup half full, half uh, cup half empty real quick. 
it's going to be a system that they can make their scout team run and they can practice against it all week because they basically had a week off to prepare for this game. That is in Tom Izzo's favor. But on the other side, Alabama does this every year all the time. They practice this way more than a scout team. They're going to be better than any scout team um, can really uh, represent or you know sort of simulate. But that all being said, this will be the best team this Alabama team has played by a, a, long, a wide margin. Um, they are starting several freshmen. There's um, you know a lot of young guys are getting a lot of minutes in the system and. Sure, if they're on fire, I don't think that's good for MSU. If they come out and they hit like a couple of threes in a row, not good. We're probably not going to win, but, you know, games are long. That being said, if you can see that they're a little uncomfortable um, and it's not like one-sided in terms of rebounding because I haven't mentioned that on Ken Palm, Alabama is literally number one in the country in offensive rebounds. Now you have to take into account their, their, um, their opponents so far. Competition has been pretty bad in terms of rebounding. Um, but if you go back through the years under Nate Oates, they've been good at rebounding. So it's something that they're good at. I'm guessing that they throw a lot of guys toward the rim when they shoot. Um, but a really interesting angle, in my opinion, is that if that's happening and they aren't securing the rebound, well, that's MSU's break is going to be off. So I'm, I'm curious to see if Alabama is going to change what they do or just make MSU stop them, you know, because if they're not getting rebounds, MSU's fat and they're going for them um, and not sending like two guys back, MSU's fast break is probably going to end in a couple of dunks and we're going to have a timeout and then Alabama is going to have to figure something out. Um I really like the veteran team here, the team that just played two national cha- uh, national championship, geez, nationally televised games that were a big deal, probably getting texts from all their friends afterward, like, whoa, I just saw you on ESPN. Um, Alabama hasn't played any of that yet. Lots of young kids on that team. Um, PK85, I mean, this is a big event. It's a loaded field. It's, it's a Nike event. There's gonna, it's, it's the biggest college basketball event of Feast Week for sure. Um, I mean, I Ma- think Maui, Maui, Maui might Maui's have an argument. Sec- well, I think this field's a lot better than Maui. Is right, but in, yeah, in terms of coverage, this is right up there as far as big as it's going to get. I mean, you look at the, the, the teams, Villanova, UNC, um, there's Alabama, MSU, Iowa State. I'm, I'm even missing UConn and uh, Oregon. A ton of... Ton of good programs. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be their first big event, this first big game for Alabama of the season. Um, I wouldn't say that they're going to you know, be blown away by MSU. They are an SEC team. But I am kind of curious to see what team is more prepared, what team is a little more cool and um, concentrated. And, you know, we'll just throw the balls out and see what happens. I, I do like MSU for all of those reasons. But, again, that all goes out the window if Alabama comes out and hits their first few shots. Um, L- MSU could easily be reading their press clippings. Just went from unranked after a crazy three-game stretch to number 12. Everyone's talking about they can be a contender. Now, I don't see it from some of the, the guys on the team, but, you know, there are still some pretty young kids on MSU, and um, I, you know, they are human. I want to say this: I had this thought earlier, and I really need your perspective on it. Um, Malik Hall and Joey Hauser, right now, they have some serious senior year McQuaid and Goins energy. Like, and when I say that, it's it's a little less satisfied. It's less, you know going crazy after a big play. Now, you don't even see Joey Hauser celebrate at all. (laughs) Every time he hits a shot, it's like... Sweet. Okay, you know. Should have hit that. I knew I I was going to make that. It's basically never satisfied, disappointed if he misses. And that's the kind of hunger that you want to see from a senior. They've been playing very well. Um, Malik Hall, I mean, he makes plays after 
play very quiet 20 points last game. Or am I wrong about – he had 20 he against – He had 20 in, in the – No, no, no. no. In, uh, in the Kentucky game, yeah. 20 against Kentucky, 12 against um, Villanova. You know, kind of a, a quieter night for Malik. But still, he's making plays. And, you know, you found a tighter rotation now. I think that's a big part of it. Um, we haven't talked about Jaden Akins and his foot. Essentially, it came out today that Akins did tweak the foot that he had surgery on. But we got x-rays back, and um, everything should be fine. I, I suppose that he's been given the go-ahead. Did not practice yesterday or the day before, I think, maybe even today. But, um, you know, he's got, he's got some time to get back in there. Um, we'll see about Jaden Akins. The nice part about the Akins situation we would love to have him. I don't think MSU is lost without him, though, um, at this exact moment. I, I mean, you asked me, would you rather have him out there or not? It's a no, no-brainer. But um, it, I think that unless you know, somebody gets in foul trouble, which would be a totally different scenario, uh, MSU could survive without Aikens against Alabama, I think. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could talk about the guys on Alabama, but – Honestly, I, I, I don't really want to. There's a couple of guys that are going to hit some shots. Mark Sears is a, a big one. Um, he's kind of their leading guy. He you know, has the ball in his hands. Brandon Miller, who's just a freshman, who's just been on fire. He's shooting 52% from three right now. Um, again, let's keep in mind the kind of um, competition that they're playing. Quitterly's been hurt, but he's, he came back. Jaden Bradley, another name you're probably going to hear a lot. Um, solid little freshman there, too. There's a, so, pro, Some people might be familiar with Bediaco because we recruited him. Yeah, Charles Bediaco, that's a name. Seven-footer. Um, so Alabama's got athletes. They've got size. They've kind of got it all. It's going to be a, another quad one game, um, and you want to get these quad one wins when you can because – you understand that we get to March and some of these guys on the bubble, they're at like one or two. MSU could pick up three inside of a week, week and a half. Um, that's just almost like guarantee to put yourself in the tournament unless you just go and lose every game for the rest of the season. But you get my point. Like, this is huge. These are humongous opportunities. Um, so anyway, it's a two-point win for Alabama on Ken Palm. I think that... Every game, like Ken Baum's been kind of wrong about MSU. And um, so I, I don't really care about that projection. I think that this is going to be a game where Vegas is going to be very close, like minus one, might even flip at times, depending on you know, what the public thinks. But um, it's, uh, my opinion, very winnable game. I think it would be a big win, and I think it would thrust MSU forward because their second-day competition will be – one of the two, Oregon or Connecticut, UConn. Um, Alabama's better than those two teams, in my opinion. I agree. And if you beat Alabama, you should be able to beat one of those two. So I know it's not this simple, but I think if you beat Alabama, you can, like, you can easily imagine a run to the, the championship game. And I think it would be huge for MSU to go out and win the PK-85 after winning – against Kentucky in the Champions Classic, it would just be kind of a statement like, hey, don't forget about us. They won the PK-82. And it would be, um, who was the other winner, Duke? Yeah. So they would be the only double winner. Mm -hmm. Um, Now we're getting a little carried away because they haven't won a single game. But I like MSU's chances on day one and day two. Now they do drop Alabama. They still are playing UConn or Oregon. They're just playing the loser. Um, I think that's obviously a, a winnable game. Um, they could wind up playing Villanova again. Yeah, Villanova's in the field. I mean, it's possible, which would be a very interesting game, in my opinion. Um, I don't think UNC has proven that there's some no, world-beating team right I'm now. I'm not sold on them at all. Um, but it is a very, very long season. So, um, Alabama, big game, big opportunity. And, uh, unfortunately, we have to wait all day. <laughs> and I... 
you know, some of us, I know there's going to be some lost soldiers out there that do not make it to 1030. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to wind up making it. It's going to be a struggle, but I will I'll make it. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. I'm very excited. This is one of my favorite weeks of the year. Um, this is going to be unique, though, in that they're not going to play three straight days. They're going to take Saturday off, which I'm not crazy when I say they didn't. They've always gone three straight, right? I I, I don't know, but I, I would. I, they they probably did not do. I I would assume they didn't do Saturday because of college football. So maybe they started on Wednesdays. I think that's what happened because I remember. Yeah, they did start on Wednesdays because we played DePaul in that. Uh, yeah, they were probably yeah. like the ratings aren't good. Let's go to two days off. No, three, we, all three on a we, day we, off. I think it was the week after Thanksgiving, wasn't it? Because I, I we. Well, the the last one was. I'm pretty sure. It you're might, talking about last or, year against. No, the 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 last Phil Knight tournament. Oh, um, that was during my brother's wedding, which might have been the week after. I can't really remember. I think uh, it was. It. You might be right. It's hard to remember, but we're kind of going back now. Um, the point is, is that there will be Thursday Friday games, no matter what. Like MSU is playing on Thursday and Friday. Um, and then I guess they will play on Sunday, but it, you know, whether or not it's in a winners or losers bracket is the big thing. I think you, you lose on the first day. It really deflates the whole weekend. You need to get this win. I think last year they started off with Loyola Chicago, gave them a fight and, um, ended up being a Q1 win, a tournament team. So that was a solid win, but you know. Alabama's better. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Neutral court, though. MSU's had a little more, we'll have more practice. MSU will have more fans at this game than Alabama will. And I was, yeah, just about to say, <laughs> this is going to be... Alabama fans don't really care about basketball. Oh, uh, like, football season's literally currently going. So, yeah, like, during, especially during that time... Yeah. Um, they don't care. There will be some fans, of course, from right. Alabama, but I, MSU's going to travel better here. Um, so that's advantage them, and the dude, the the guys just need to show up and and approach this in the way that they've approached the last few games. Part of me wants to say the poor end to Villanova was a like good teachable moment for Izzo to get their attention, but the other side of me is like, well, it's kind of a worrying sign though. Um, you got to see these games out. Stop especially losing after, your head, especially after Gonzaga. I mean. Hogard dribbles it into like four dudes and like, whoa! I lost he, the ball he now. Sure, he sure love. He does love to do that a lot. And then Joey, I think, throws the ball from the out of bounds play. Oh my like, god! Like, what are we doing? I you guys? lost my mind. They haven't learned how to inbound a damn basketball, even after last year. Do you remember how many problems they had inbounding the basketball last year late in late game situations? I was like, oh my god. Was it the Purdue again. game? It or? was the Purdue game. Yeah. And then the remember the Maryland game in the Big Ten tournament? That game was awful. They they had they almost blew uh, like a ten point lead. That's in, that's in, the in game I was referring to, not Purdue. Yeah. It was like three in a row or something, and we're just like, what are we doing? Um so yeah. We need to see some improvements there, but let's be honest. Um when a team is sort of trapping MSU, it's because they're in the winning position. Um, so it's a, I'd, I'd rather I'd be in that, that position. Yeah, so, for sure. All right. Um, I don't really want to preview UConn or Oregon. They're going to play one of those teams. We think that UConn is going to win that game, but it's kind of an Oregon home, home game. game yeah. um, Oregon, they showed some fight against Houston, but... They lost at home to, uh, who was it, Cal State Fullerton or something, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, um, Oregon, they... Uh, Let's go look real quick. They're thirty eighth on they got, they got oh they got kind of blown out at home by UC Irvine. Yeah, they lost to UC Irvine at home by double digits, and then showed some fight against Houston though. And Houston's a very good. team. I watched most of that game. Houston's arguably the best team in the country. Yeah, they're exceptional. So, you know, they could win. UConn, I think, is a better team, um, and they're twentieth. In... They played nobody, by the way. Yeah, go figure. They're twentieth in Ken Palm. Played nobody, every game at home. Um, you know, it's just been very easy and kind of smooth for them. I do anticipate them to beat Oregon because I think UConn, they were pretty good last season. Um, if you recall, we played them in the second game of beat them. the uh, MTE. So 
you don't know who you're going to play. That's why I don't want to go deep into it. But both teams are solid. One probably a little better. And um, they definitely could be MSU. It's just after beating Alabama, who is probably the best of the group, you would like your chances. Um, For sure. So, yeah, um, I'm very excited to see um, who they have to play second. Um, Hopefully it's the winner. (laughs) Uh, so, is there anything else you wanted to talk about um, for the basketball? I okay. I covered everything. We want to get into picks. Yeah, let's go to our picks. All right. Last week, I went 4-3, and three, Ryan 3-4. Three and four, Just really making headway on these bets here. I'm 39-43. and 43, He's 36-46. and 46, And now hashtag Fade Ryan is a perfect 26-26. and 26. So, there's just nothing we can do for you here. Um but I do think that we should start noting like real life bets that we think are good and not just, you know, we're picking these because we have to. Um, because some of those are are definitely winnable or would probably be a much better record. So Iowa hosting Nebraska, Iowa, 10 and a half point favorites. I'm taking Nebraska. I don't like the 10 and a half. Um, and Iowa's just not good at scoring. So <laughs> give me Nebraska. They got Casey Thompson back too, so quarterback. Um I'm gonna go with Iowa. Nebraska just sucks, right? And um Iowa like at home, they this is the battle of the corn. They're gonna, you know, get their corns up and I think that their defense is okay, right? Yeah, they have a really good defense. So I'm just gonna go with home. Whatever. Um, Penn State hosting the Spartans. Penn State's 18-point favorites. So uh, Penn State just announced that Parker Washington's out, their star wide receiver, but I don't think it's really going to matter. Uh, I'm going to take Penn State to cover this. This is just the type of game James Franklin wins by a lot. I see so many competitive games between Michigan State and Penn State, and I know that not all of them. Um, I just like MSU to cover 18, that's all. Okay, Michigan they are heading down to the shoe. Buckeyes, seven and a half point favorites. What do you think? I'm picking Michigan, but I don't think they're going to win. I think they lose by a touchdown. Uh, give me Michigan to cover, but Ohio State to win. Yeah, and I just want to say we are picking, like, these are the lines of the time we record. So you might not get seven and a half. But if you can get seven and a half, I love that half point because Ryan's right. I easily see this being close, but I do think OSU um, wins. And I just think Michigan, this is a great cover. They are 11-0, and you're giving them more than a touchdown. That just If I just said that to you and didn't say the teams, that's a pretty decent bet in my opinion. Um, all right, Maryland, 14-point favorites over Rutgers. Maryland just uh, played tough with OSU. Uh, Maryland's at home. Rutgers has been gotten blown out in their last uh, two of their last three games. Uh, I'm going to pick Maryland to cover this. Maryland cover, great bet, in my opinion. Northwestern hosting the Illini, who are 14-point favorites on the road. Um, I'm going to pick uh, Illinois to cover this. Uh, Northwestern is really bad, and Illinois almost beat Michigan on the road last week. Okay. Um, I'm going to agree. I like. It just seems like one that... This has got to be somewhat of a rivalry, right? It is. It is. And, yeah, it seems like one that they'll want to send a message, especially on the road. Um, also, probably going to be a not, lot of Illini. I was going to say, not going to be much of a home game for Northwestern. Right. Uh, Wisconsin, three-and-a-half-point favorites, hosting Minnesota. What do you think? I'm going to pick Wisconsin here. Uh, seems like, other than last year, this is a game Minnesota always seems to lose. Um I get the half points kind of annoying, but I think Wisconsin's going to wind up winning by more than uh, three points. My reasoning is just kind of a rivalry. I think that these two are kind of close. One's getting three and a half points. So I'll, I'll take those points for Minnesota. All right. Another rivalry. Indiana hosting Purdue, who are ten and a half point favorites on the road. Okay. I get Indiana beat us last week, but Indiana still sucks. Um, I'm taking Purdue to cover the spread. Home dogs in a rivalry game. I don't even care if they suck. Um, you're probably going to be right, but I'm taking the home dogs on the final 
uh, game of the year for IU because there's no way they're making a no, they're bowl. Done. This, they're done. this is their season. Yeah. This is their championship, right? Pretty much. Um, so, yeah, 10 and a half. I like that. Just got to cover. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, not sure if there's any great bets in here. I think Michigan is a good bet for them to cover. Um, and then I really do think Maryland is going to cover 14 against Rutgers, but 14 is a little yeah, it's a it's a little um, pricier for me, so take that with a grain of salt. All right, um, it is feast week. World Cup is on. Um, rivalry week in football. Lions are gonna make the playoffs. Let's 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 uh, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, let's slow the roll here, Tim. <laughs> no, uh, but Lions Thanksgiving yeah, for sure. day. Right. Um, it's hard. To beat this time of year because I'm going to wake up and watch World Cup, watch the Lions, and then MSU is going to be on at 1030, I, and there will be games in between. I get off work at like 11, 12 o'clock. Ever since, every, since Monday, since I've gotten home, I throw the TV on. There's something on TV. Great. Yeah, it's a um, great time of year, so um, I'm guessing most of you will be traveling, going to see family and friends. So um, happy Thanksgiving. Be safe. And always, go green. Go white. Dillon, up ahead, Winston, no one near him, and he's going to come out with it, and Michigan State is headed to Minneapolis.